Welcome to the Hailhorn Podcast. This is episode 14. My name is Jason, and today I am joined by Mike and Nix. Hello. And Patrick Whitaker coming back for two episodes in a row. Hello once again. So our topic today is underrated bands. We're each doing six of them, which will give us a 666 total, which is the most cliche metal thing I could think of, but it's still fun. So. <laughs> Always, man. So, um, also, just a note before we get started. So, me and Mike are playing Temptations Wings, in case you don't know, for some reason. Our live stream from the auditorium we recorded a couple weeks ago is now live on the auditorium's Facebook page. And also on our YouTube page. And there is a link to tip the venue to help them stay in business while all this downtime is going on, which actually sounds like it's going to be a lot longer than planned now. So if you would be so kind as to donate whatever you can to them, we would appreciate it. And if you want to donate to us too, just buy something from us on our band camp. So you get something in return besides the show. So let's get to it here. We're picking six underrated bands, uh, whether it be low billing on concerts, uh, people just never heard of them, or you just think they're better than what uh, what they are perceived in uh, reality. So, um, so let's do. Uh, let's go first with Micah. Let's go with your first one. Who do you got for your first underrated band? All right, number six on my list, and I'll confess that. I don't know them as well as I should, but what I've heard, uh, I only was introduced to them recently, but what I've heard, I really like, and I think that they are some serious thrash pioneers, is uh, Wrathchild America. Oh, okay. Man, that, that band just absolutely slays, and I had I had never heard of them, even though I'm, I'm fairly into, you know, thrash myself. Uh, you know, I'm not a, not an expert by any means, but I had never heard of these guys and man, they just rip these dudes. The, I mean, the drums, this was all back before pro tools and it's just, it's so tight. It's so crisp. Uh, the leads are fantastic. Uh, the vocals can be a little cheesy at times, but, but they're awesome. You know, some good, uh, almost power metal style vocals. And, uh, man, I just, I just think they deserve more credit than they get. Well, if I may interject there, I was living there, you know, in Maryland through the 90s, and uh, Wrathchild America was basically the house band at Hammerjacks, where all the good shows happened in Baltimore, and I came to know those guys pretty good, man, and I have to agree, you know, they only did two albums, uh, Climbing the Walls and 3D, and man, they're, they are so outside the box, man. Like you're saying, they incorporated so much stuff into their music, you know, genre wise that they really they were did. So, yeah. They were unique, man. And amazing live, you know, just a great, really energetic show. And, uh, man, I probably got to see Ratchet America. I would imagine at least 10, 15 times over the years back then. That's awesome, man. I, I had a feeling you'd know who that was. Oh Yeah. Well, you know, the drummer is uh, Shannon Larkin from that's now in Godsmack, you know, that was from in Ugly Kid Joe and stuff like that. There was a then Brad Divins, the bassist vocalist. He's like become a producer. You know, he produces around that area. I think he produced something with the New Earth Ride or maybe Galactic Cross, something to do with Sherm. And I was going to tell you, if you're not aware of it, at the toward the end of their run, Wrathchild America morphed into another band they wanted to sort of start with a clean slate and they changed their name to souls at zero and released two full-length albums and an ep as souls at zero whom i saw on the rock for pot tour with sacred reich and crowbar <laughs> oh that's awesome dude mm-hmm. i had to check that out for sure definitely yeah i figured patrick would know that one i didn't even have that one on my i didn't even consider them so yeah that's that's a, that's that one kind of left field for me for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're great, great of the past, man. Definitely under, underrated. Definitely. I'm not sure which album I really liked over the other one, but there's one I really, really like. I I probably I probably listen to them on the way to work tomorrow. Actually, now that it reminded mm-hmm. me of. 
One of them had the uh, Pink Floyd cover on it, a cover of Pink Floyd's Time. Is that that's on like the first one maybe or something? That uh, I'm pretty sure it's Time or whatever they covered from Pink Floyd that was really good, you know, real exceptional cover. Anyway, so who's your uh, who's your number six, Patrick, or whatever order you want to go in? Well, I didn't really like in no particular order type thing, but I figured I'd start out with. Well, let's just get the elephant out of the room here. Of course, we should all have been started with Temptations Wings <laughs> as our most underrated band ever, all three of us. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's get that uh, let's get that elephant out of the room right now. So <laughs> All right. But uh you know, I was thinking I'm I don't know how you all went if you all went with, you know, bands to cover the whole years and years or whatever. I sort of split it up. I'm real excited about the return of a UK band. This past week, they released uh, all the info about their upcoming full-length debut album. We've got a piece on it, but it's the UK's Sound of Origin. Uh, you all may remember they released an EP about two years ago that did really well, like with critics and underground and stuff like that. And they have went through a vocalist change since then. And man, their new album, which is their debut album, The All-Seeing Eye, I think is going to impress a lot of people. Uh, go check out the single video to Lockjaw with their, like I said, with new singer Joel Basara. And man, just I think we're going to see some good stuff come from Sound of Origin, man. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've seen the write-up, but I have to say I've never, I haven't listened yet. <clears throat> so I'll have to remedy that for sure. I agree. All right, so my uh, my number six. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna count down from bottom to top here. Uh, my number six is a band from Oslo, Norway, called Svok. Uh, so these oh, guys. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I knew you like that one. I know who you're talking uh, about. So these yeah, guys are. Right. Uh, yeah, man. They had two albums. Uh, their second one was called uh, "Nights Under the Round Table," um, which was like them passed out under a round table on the cover, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, these guys were like all about like, just like, it's like party doom metal, I guess you would say. But um, they have a song on the last song on their uh, last album, Nights Under the Round Table. It's called To Conquer Death, You Only Have to Die. And uh, man, I, I just think that's like one of the coolest songs ever, in my opinion. Like it, the vocals are so unique. And that band, but in that song in particular, man, it's just like it's it's just so epic. I I listen to it pretty regularly still. Like, luckily they're on Spotify, so they're just on my list, and it comes up quite often in my like playlist. But I just do random. So, um, if you never heard of the band Svolk, it's a uh, S V O L K with the little Motley Crue dots over the O, and they're from Oslo, Norway, and they're amazing. And I hope they get back together one day and do another album. I hope so too, man. I I love that band and and that that song especially to conquer death you only have to die. That is just man, that is killer. All right. So let's go with you, Micah. What is number five on your list? I got a uh, a band from Finland that I got to see probably in 2012 or 2013. They're kind of a. Uh, they mix a lot of elements of folk and they do some kind of death metal style stuff and some little black elements, black metal elements kind of weaved in here and there, but mostly folk metal and they're called Fin Troll. And, uh, they're, like I said, they're a Finnish band, but they sing in Swedish. Uh, so I think probably in America, they're a pretty underrated band, but they've got a couple albums that I really love. Uh, my favorite of theirs was their newest one that they put out in 2013 called blood swept and, uh, man, just a, just a great band. They, uh, they, they've got banjos in there and accordions and horns and lots of crazy stuff. Uh, but just, uh, I, I love that band. Yeah. The song troll hammering is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I think there's a sort of like you're saying about here in America. I think there's like a cult following for people in the know, so to speak, that are that do know 
them. I'll be honest with you, I know the name, but I, that's about it for me. But I know a few people that are pretty fanatical about Fin Troll. It's pretty wacky stuff, you know. It's uh, I don't think it's for everybody, but uh, definitely people who like uh, kind of some out of the box type stuff and uh, like you know are interested in hearing banjo and their metal uh, should check out some Fin Troll. Nice. What's your uh, next one, Patrick? Okay, I had to show some uh, love for a state band from here in Kentucky and everything. It's somewhat well-known to those of us in the Stoner Rock circles. But anyways, there's a band, Moonbow, that's based here in Kentucky. They've got two albums, a self-titled, and then their second album, War Bear, was released on Ripple Music about a year or two ago. And the band, it's really interesting, man. It's made up of some different characters. Uh, One guy is like a BMX motocross celebrity or whatever the singer and i'm trying to think of his name i think it's like miguel miguel fresh or something but anyways they've got the drummer from afghan wigs and hermano john garcia's band in there and a couple other well-known celebrities and you know as far as i say music celebrities but anyways moonbow are awesome dude they're like just just good hard rock stoner rock if you want to call it they uh They've got those two albums, and then they've got an acoustic one with a lot of violins and string instruments in it. Uh, it's yeah, they're they're okay. totally different. Yeah, man, they, and they take their name on the Cumberland River here in Kentucky. There's a phenomenon that happens on certain nights of a moonbow, which is a rainbow, but at night made of moonlight, and it's you know it's this big phenomenon, the moonbow, and that's where they take their name and everything. And man, they're just really good rocking band man that's cool uh, that that's a cool name for a band too i think mm-hmm. it fits man like i said and being from kentucky you know oh one other thing and one of the members is also in legendary kentucky metal band that you know has a big cult following lethal there was a band from lexington named lethal that did like two albums that were on metal blade way back in the day and talk about just killer thrash type stuff, progressive thrash from here in Kentucky. And one of the Moonbow guys was in Lethal. Killer. I'm proud to say that I've actually, I've actually read up on them about the Moonbow. Nice. Have you ever? It's, I I don't know. Does the Moonbow? I wonder if that happens like at other locations, or if that's just exclusive to this one location or something. I think it's exclusive to one location when I was reading up on it because when I went to, uh, I think I went to the first, yeah, it was the first Louder Than Life up in Kentucky. Mm. And the way we went, we had to go uh, by, um, we like turned north when we hit Knoxville and came up that way around to Louisville. And uh, I remember seeing the sign and there's like a water park pretty close by too, if I remember okay. correctly. I think it was Williamsburg or Whitesburg, Kentucky it's in. Well, Whitesburg's near me, but, but Williamson maybe or somewhere, maybe. Well, yeah, but we'll do a podcast about ge- geographical locations another time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> we'll oh, I wanted <laughs> one last thing. The singer, I had his name wrong. Y'all may have heard of him. His name is Matt Bischoff, and he's like a big motocross and BMX celebrity. You know, does all these trick riding on bikes and stuff, man. But anyways, he's the singer in Moonbow, Matt Bischoff. <laughs> That's cool. I'll check him out. Mm-hmm. Okay. My number five is going to be Enforcer from Sweden. Nice. nice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, I wasn't really too big on her last album, but um, one before that, and of course I'm drawing a blank here because that's what I do on podcasts here. <laughs> So the last one uh, from Beyond is probably like one of my favorite albums of all time. I mean, I don't say that lightly either. I mean, I listen to that album all the fucking time. Like it's it's so badass, man. I don't see how these guys like aren't on guitar magazine covers or getting bigger U.S. tours or whatever. Because man, they fucking they shred, dude. And the the singer uh, Olaf something another something Swedish. Uh, man, that dude. And, that guy's range 
is might be pretty unmatched right now for the contemporary bands. I have to say it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty high and it's it fits so well in the music, man. When he uses it, so so yeah, I'm going with Enforcer from Sweden for number five. Good choice. Good one, man. Yeah, that's a good one. Little known fact that nobody else knows except for me and Micah. We almost had the opportunity to open up for Enforcer and Cauldron from Canada one time. They were going to play a venue out in the middle of nowhere that me and Micah played a few times, and the guy really liked us. And he put us on the show to open up, but then the guys like got a better – they found a better place in Raleigh and dropped that date, so we didn't get to open up for them. But we were close. We only missed we it by like close. a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that, too. Yeah. That would have been awesome, though. I'm familiar with Cauldron, too, man. That would have been a hell of a good bill, man. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it. I think the reason they dropped out of it, though, is because the place didn't sell alcohol. And this band looks like they thrive off alcohol. <laughs> so, Or at least alcohol sales. So, yeah, that's, mm. I think that's the reason why uh, they, didn't, they didn't play there. But mm. it is what it is. Okay, what you got for number four, Micah? For number four, I got a band that I know Patrick is familiar with, and I know Jason is familiar with. Uh, they are from Maryland, and they put out a lot of music. These guys release music all the time, and uh, had the opportunity to see them at uh, Doomfest 2019. And uh, I got to say, their their live performance is just completely on a different level than their recordings their recordings are great don't get me wrong but uh their live performance man will just raise the hair on the back of your neck and that is faith and jane yeah they uh recently recently released a new one and uh i haven't gotten to listen to that one as much as i should but man that band just seeing them live was was incredible i really enjoyed them and uh, I think they deserve a lot more credit than they get. Well, I will agree with that, man. And what's really great about them is they're so great in studio, like a lot of bands are, you know, on the record and stuff. But then you see them live, man, and it's like a whole other level, you know, of seeing a band like that live, man. Faith and Jane, they're 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 a good one, man. Definitely love that band. Yeah, I remember you were pretty high on them when we saw them uh, up there. I think I was busy setting up merch or finding out some shit about what to do with merch or something when they played. So I think I caught like the last song or two of their set. But yeah, I remember you telling me you, you enjoyed them a lot. So yeah, I haven't really checked them out though. I should probably, I should probably do that one of these days. Yes, you should. I should. If Patrick says I should, then I will. <laughs> let it be known yes all right Patrick. what's your what's your number uh four okay or next now band, whatever. i don't what order are you doing yours in you doing worst or uh, six to one are you doing one to six or i didn't go order? in any order whatsoever i just got six bands okay. and no particular order brother but uh right, this band well, what's your next one then we'll okay this is one that I know both of you all are definitely familiar with, and most people probably will be, but I think they're one of the best bands that are still somewhat in the underground, but have, to me, I think, potential to to break free of it at some point, and that is Harrisonburg, Virginia's Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie oh, is... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, they got a new album coming out soon. I've, I, I have pre-ordered. Uh, that, two weeks, they do. I think. They do, man. I'm stoked for it, too. They just released the second single from it this past week, man, Evil Eye. And, uh, yeah, as, as you all know, man, straight up twin guitar mastery a la uh, Thin Lizzy meets Judas Priest from the Adams Brothers, Pete and Jake. And, of course, was it Pete? Pete that was in Baroness up until recently. And Yes. And then the drummer, man, Warren, I think is Warren, the drummer's name. And, uh, man, Warren is just, he's just one of those, you know, heavy hitter drummers, man. And then Alan, the bassist, they're just a really tight-knit, tight, great band. And if you 
if you've seen them live, man, they're just mind blowing. When once they take a stage, man, you just can't break free of it. But yeah, that's that's my next band as far as under underrated. I feel they're underrated. Like I said, and has a lot of potential, you know, to, to go. Those that band might go places. Well, two two fun facts to add on your uh, description there. Uh, I tried to get Valkyrie the first two years of Steel and Stone yep. to no success, which it wasn't from lack of communication. Just the first year, I think Baroness was going on tour and Pete wasn't available. And the second year, I think somebody had a family vacation they couldn't back out of, so they couldn't do it either. And also, the bass player is also a guitarist in the band Earthling, which is a pretty fucking ripping band that we had that the pleasure of. That's that right. We had the, the pleasure or displeasure of playing after one time, and it was that was a tough uh, that was a tough tough gig to top that. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people aren't aren't that aren't familiar with Valkyrie don't realize or may not know their first release that self-titled one on twin earth records man gary isom drummed on that album from you know spirit caravan and pentagram you know well-known maryland musician gary isom is the drummer on that first self-titled valkyrie album you know i'm glad you reminded me of twin earth let me put them down on my list of labels to contact for our new album some inside info right here folks on how bands work trying to get yeah. record deals. <laughs> <laughs> Twin Earth. <laughs> I forgot about them. Okay. Yeah, that's a. I actually didn't even think about them. There's so many damn bands I probably didn't think of. It's unreal. We could probably do another one of these or two or three more. We could do a whole year band. worth of. Yeah, episodes, we could do a whole yeah. year worth of episodes of this stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah we it's a definitely lot. could. Well, we'll do more because I'm, I'm still thinking of ones, but. I'm going to stick to my list because it's already done. Okay. So for my uh, number four, I'm going with the band Iron Savior from Germany. Um, I just found out about these guys uh, probably last year. It was a Spotify recommendation, and I was kind of intrigued by the cover and the title, which is uh, Kill or Get Killed, which I thought was like the most metal fucking album title I've ever heard. So looking back or just digging into their history... This band was started by the original Halloween frontman. His name is uh, Pete Silik. Uh, I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it or not, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, they've been around since uh, 97. And uh, man, I have to say, these guys are pretty fucking good. I don't really know why they're not uh, known better, especially being from Germany, which is like the mecca of like that kind of metal, like except Halloween, Scorpions. Um, you know, creator. So uh, I think they're every bit as good as uh, a lot of the bands that you come from Germany. And uh, I think if you've never heard of them, just listen to their last album. It's it's fucking solid all the way through. Man, the uh, the vocal harmonies are killer. Like they, you know, real uh, real epic. And uh, the guitars are no slouch either. And neither are the drums. And neither is any of it really. The productions spot on so yeah iron savior for my for my next one that's a good one yeah, man good i'm band and uh yeah go ahead micah yeah i'd say uh i'd say they really remind me of accept uh that kind of style of metal yeah 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 they fall right into that whole german german vibe like y'all are saying to me they're i'm, I'm familiar with iron Savior. they're great man they like you're all saying, carry on that whole German vibe, like with Primal Fear and Sinner and, you know, Accept and that whole tradition of good German Teutonic metal. Yeah, the shit's, I mean, the shit's just as good as a lot of other stuff I hear. So, I mean, um, yeah, I'm all about them, man. It's a good band. I've, uh, I've gotten to their last release in the past uh, few releases, but they got, they got a lot, man. A lot of releases. Like you on their Spotify page, just like, it's like go down to the next page for more albums. It's like holy shit, these guys record a lot of music. <laughs> so, but I'm only really familiar with the la- with their last uh, three releases because I I just I don't know. Sometimes I have a hard time going back because I'm afraid it won't be as good, and I just want to listen to the best that they have to offer. 
So I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of weird like that <laughs> when it comes to bands with like extensive discographies. It's like mm-hmm. if I if I know them from the beginning, it's like one thing. But like if I just discover them and they have a long discography, I'm always like just a fan like the last two or three because it's usually the best, you know. Yeah. Uh. In most cases, so not all cases, but a lot of cases. I mean, just the production, and everything is better. Like you think about like Overkill, which I would say their last like five albums is probably better than anything they've done, just from production wise. Blitz's voice is kind of mellowed out, you know. It's like, I don't know. It's just my opinion on it, but no, I get it, man. You know, especially with technology, you know, that's getting better in all fronts, man. And that includes studio and you know the equipment and stuff like that, man. So yeah, definitely. Iron Savior have like about twenty albums out. You're right, man. They got a crazy discography, man. Oh, dude, they got a lot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah, extensive, that's for sure. All right, Micah, what you got for number three? All right, for my number three, uh, and I hope I'm not stealing one from uh, one or both of you guys, but my number three is uh, they're pretty well known in Europe, but I think less so in America, and they deserve to be a lot bigger than they are here, and that is... Salt Lake City's own Visigoth. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, talk about some shred. Talk about some shredding, man. These guys, they shred. Uh, the bass bass player is excellent. Uh, the drummer is excellent, and the vocalist, although he doesn't have the range of a normal power metal singer, his lyrics and just his passion that he delivers in his vocals is incredible. And uh, they've got, I think two full lengths and an EP and everybody needs to hear that. Uh, all of it. It's just, uh, just good metal. Nice. Yep. Another, uh, another fun fact that I keep pulling out of my ass. Uh, we've opened <laughs> for them also. So yeah, yes, we have. Yep. Although I think you missed that show cause you were sick, weren't you? I left early, man. I had the flu That's during man. that show. And, uh, I, I, I I fully expected not to sing playing that show because I felt so bad, but I ended up singing anyways, just because uh, I didn't want to, I don't know. I, I just wanted to want people to hear what we really are. So I ended up singing anyways and uh, actually turned in a halfway decent performance for being so sick. But man, I had, I had to go home after that. Like I was, I was just ill. And uh, I'm I caught a few songs, but not what I'd hoped to catch. Well, let me remind you that the singer actually took time to acknowledge you powering through on your singing. So never forget that you were complimenting on your uh, warrior, your warrior skills on my warriors <laughs> yeah. that night. Yeah, <laughs> I, I swore the conqueror's oath on that one, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sung anyways. No, I was at that show, wasn't I? Was that the one with Night Demon, or was it? No. Yep. I was at. I know I saw Visigoth there at the auditorium. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was. Mm, okay. Yeah, it was. It was Night Demon against the Grain, Visigoth, and us. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Still got the poster, actually. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, what's your number uh, three, Patrick? Well, when Micah alluded to possibly taking one of ours and started going into the area he went into, there's three bands that I, some for some reason, associate with the vicinity of where Visigoth hail from. Uh, two others I like, and I don't want to steal anyone, so I'm going to make a pick between the two, and I'm going to go with Chemist, which is, you know, K-H-E-M-M-I-S. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was afraid that, you know, the, yes, that might be on someone else's list who are from Denver and, uh, you know, just great. I don't, they get lumped in as doom a lot and they, you know, they do have doom elements, but they've got a lot more going on too, man. Like power metal, you know, even some melodic thrash at times, just a variety of stuff, man. And, uh, I don't know if you've heard it or not. Chemists have released a couple covers here recently. One is 
two is a live video for Dio's Rainbow in the Dark, which is just amazing, you know, their version of it. And they have a version of Misfits Skulls they just released a cover of. And uh, yeah, chemists, man, chemists are really good. And one of my bucket list bands, man, they've been here to Kentucky a couple times and uh, just has not worked out for me to catch them. And if you all don't name the other band that I associate with the, the, these three out there, I'll reveal that momentarily then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't put them on my list, but definitely Chemist would be up there. And uh, I think they played Raleigh last year, and I just couldn't make that one happen myself. And uh, just uh, yeah, hopefully they'll hopefully they'll be through here at some point. Yeah, I got to get on good authority that uh, they have been they have been approached for um, Heavy Mountain before, and I assume they probably will be approached again for next edition, which will be twenty one. So, that would be great. Yeah, hopefully they'll be mm. making it around here. You know, Patrick, mm. I almost disagree with you on as far as the underrated part on Chemist because I think they're I think that band's like right where they should be as far as like on the hierarchy. Like they're just kind of growing. Mm. So I don't really say they're underrated so much, but they don't play the biggest shows. But for as long as they've been around, I actually think they're they're at right where they should be as far as like growth you know what i mean yeah they're relatively yeah exactly still young i think they've only been together maybe about six seven years or so if i'm not mistaken and uh yeah i guess of course underrated sort of subjective from person to person i guess when i'm thinking of when i say that these bands a lot of them are pretty well known in our circles you know as far as underground or independent music yeah yeah and as far as, and, you know, some of these bands might jump over into larger festival circuits or something down the road, who knows, you know, but they all have the, I think the potential, you know, to, to do much, you know, do big and great, wonderful things. Oh, sure. I'm not saying they deserve to be known. I'm just saying, I think for as long as they've been around, I think they're at a, I think they're where they should be as far as the evolution of growth in a band goes. So... That's just my opinion on it, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I that was that. <laughs> that was what I thought. If you don't have any like dissent on this show, it seems fake. So we got <laughs> we got to disagree once in a while. Come on. <laughs> well, and there's our disagreement okay. for this so episode. So I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and get one that me and Micah both have. Is that uh, Sweden's own Grand Magus? Oh. Yes. Man. Yeah, Micah texted me this earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, I've already got that one wrote down." But I wasn't gonna say nothing, so he didn't change his mind. <laughs> Hell yeah! But yeah, um, there's there's really nothing left to say about this band except for um, anyone who's into pop music and thinks metal doesn't have any melody uh, needs to like fucking listen to this band because this band is like the quintessential sing along harmonies band, like. Every every chorus is like soaring. You remember it. It's very singable. Uh, the vocals are clean. So they're almost like the poppiest Swedish metal band out there as far as like just accessibility goes. And why nobody's ever heard of them, I still don't know. But um, hopefully that will change with more U.S. tours and hopefully they come back. With or without a Monomarth, I'm good either way. <laughs> no doubt. And man, yeah, that's great. That was... <laughs> go ahead, Micah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Grand Magus is oh, like I was a big... going to say, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that Grand Magus <laughs> is like a big super group, man, because you got. J.B. Christopherson or whatever, the guitarist, vocalist, who's in Spiritual Beggars, who I love. And uh, yep. Ludwig, Ludwig Witt is the drummer, who's also been in Spiritual Beggars and Firebird, I know, with Bill Steer from Carcass, man. man what a band, dude. Like, <laughs> I, 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 can't, uh, I can't overstate how underrated they are in the States, uh, that, that band, uh, was a bucket list band for me to see. Finally got to see them last year. And, uh, 
man, just uh, like Jason said, the vocals, uh, the soaring choruses. Uh, I think JB is a hugely underrated guitar player. Like his, uh, his, just his control over the melodies when he's soloing is just top notch. And uh, I just, I can't say enough good stuff about how much that band has influenced me as a guitar player and a singer and just, I, I love that band and I wish more people knew about them. Yep. I agree. It's a shame more people don't. Did y'all see him in Charlotte? Yep. Is that we? Yeah. I hate, I've yep, missed so him at the Fillmore. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. They're a big bucket list band for me too. Man. Still. <laughs> man, it was, it was awesome to see him, but. Five songs just weren't enough. They should have just left Arch Enemy at home and let uh, At The Gates and Grand Megas have longer sets. Or at least Grand Megas. I can agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Okay. Since I took um, one of Micah's, I'll let him go next and uh, see if he can take one of mine. <laughs> All right, let's, let's see here. I bet I will take one of your bands, and I'm sorry to do it. But uh, my next band is uh, a band that we've met on several occasions, and uh, they've just uh, pounded our faces in each time. We've played with them a few times, and they're just hellaciously nice dudes. Uh, Jason actually had the drummer on the podcast not long ago, and that is Horseburner from West by God, Virginia. Uh, (laughs) I actually did not have them on my list. That is, uh, that band is, uh, and we've said it before on this show, that band is just the epitome of a DIY do-it-yourself band. They tour relentlessly. They book their own stuff. Um, they just, uh, the twin guitars, the twin vocals, gnarly bass lines, big meaty riffs, uh, just uh, an incredible band. And uh, I, they were on the verge of blowing up, I think, before COVID hit. And I really hope that when all this is over, that they they keep their momentum and are able to get on some big shows and big festivals and big tours. Man, I, I was gonna say I fell into a, fell into a little streak where I uh, man I, I got to see them I guess probably about five or six times in stretch of just a few months, man. And before the first time, I really don't recall being familiar with them until I saw them live, man. And yeah, they. Uh, absolutely impressive, man. And, you know, like I said, a band we get to see pretty often come through our area here since we're close to West by God, Virginia. By God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, me and Micah, we played with them the first time in Knoxville at some shithole bar. They um, they just got like a last minute show. They were coming back from like their first tour away from home. And I remember, man, like after about the second song, I was like, these fucking guys are fucking amazing. Like they were just, it was fucking insane how good they were. And then I can't believe they just picked up this show like last minute. Like no one gave them a chance except for, and I'm glad they ended up on the show we were on because to be honest, besides us, all the bands were kind of not really our thing, but um, yeah, man, I just never forgot them after that and just kept in touch. And then, when it came to Asheville, I'd go see him, whether we were playing with him or not. And uh, I wouldn't say me and Adam are like friends, but you know we're we're acquaintances. And I don't I'm I don't know if he respects my ability, but I sure as hell respect his. Mm. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, the reason I didn't have him on my list is because I was gonna do honorable mentions, and I didn't really put any uh, local bands or regional bands on here because. I don't know. That's just my criteria for myself, but that's all I got to say about that. Gotcha. <laughs> What's your uh, next one, Patrick? Well, okay. Now, there could be some question as to the parameters of what qualifies as a band <laughs> and what doesn't. Uh, this next one, man, just, just something about them or him or however you want to say it that has absolutely resonated with me from like the very first chord i ever heard this i don't i don't understand it but it's like one of my favorite things and that would be the ohio-based studio only band project what do you want to call it fall 
which is T-H-A-L, and it stands for The Heathens Are Loose. And, uh, man, I don't know what it is. Vince Green, man, just writes incredible music. It's just some of the heaviest freaking guitar tones and the stuff he does. And like I said, Thal began as just, you know, him in the studio, basically playing everything. I think he maybe even utilized drum machines maybe on the first single or two he put out. And as it progressed, he brought in Kevin Hartnell, a drummer from uh, Witch Chord and some other bands in the Columbus area. And just between those two, man, they're on a, just a streak of killer freaking albums from, from Glitter, then Reach for the Dragon's Eye, and then the latest, The Harvesting, man. There's, man, Thal are just incredible. And still to a point, they were talking about underrated, man, because, you know, no one hardly knows of them outside of our circles. I've heard of it, but I've never listened, so I don't really have anything else to say about it. Well, I'm <laughs> telling, I, got, I probably should. I, yeah, I got something to say about it. Everyone must hear Thal. You've not heard great heavy music until you hear Thal's take on it. Okay. Since they come that highly recommended, I'm I'm like Jason. I've heard of them. I've just never delved into it but since they come that highly recommended from patrick that is that is going on my list pronto i appreciate that i wouldn't steer you wrong Alrighty. <laughs> i know you wouldn't all right so my next one or my number two uh is power trip from texas uh-huh. so <laughs> I hear Patrick down there disagreeing. Yeah, I like, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I dude, I love Power Trip, man. Like, mm. it's the it's the best example of '80s hardcore with thrash crossover going. It's all single bass pedal, which I find very intriguing. Um, not all the vocals really do it for me, but man, their riffs, dude, their riffs are fucking sick, man. I love them. Like not many, a lot of people never heard of them though. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think they uh, I think they should be uh, better known for sure. So that's all I got to say about them. <laughs> man, they are killer, dude. They're a real volatile band, man. They're they are they're they're pretty damn they're pretty damned metal, man. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I know they're like little. I know they're pretty like uh, liberal leaning, left wing kind of stuff. But uh, man, they uh, a while back they got into the uh, a feud with the band Trapped, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, just just on that alone, I was like, I'm gonna be a bigger fan than I was. So, yeah. Have you but seen? If you it? Have listened to Power Trip and like '80s hardcore, then you should check them out. Both albums. But Nightmare Logic is the better of the two. Have you seen the big trap feud with Danny Diablo from the like Necro, the big like New York Street hardcore <laughs> rap group? <laughs> Man, no, no, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. As it it might have started with Power Trip and Trapped, and now this year it progressed to Traps, Jackass, Frontman, and. Uh, Danny Diablo, man, and Danny Diablo has like called him out, like you know, wanting to box, you know, do a charity match, boxing match, or anything, you know, just bring lay hands on this guy. <laughs> uh, they got into a feud with uh, Ice T, also, I know of. So, yeah, those guys are just out there keeping a name, keeping their name afloat by just picking on people and trying to pick on the wrong people, if you ask me. Like if you want to pick on someone, you should just go out to someone safe like Nickelback because nobody gives a fuck what they got to say either. You know, so <laughs> I mean to be honest, you know, if I was gonna do that shot, that'd be it'd be like lame bands like that. Yeah, really. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> pick on the underground guys, man. Yeah, yeah. don't pick on guys who can, like back their shit up with like music, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm like a huge Ice T fan, but I mean he has he has credibility being in body count, you know. I mean. They've been around for a while, you know, off the True. off the coattails of Cop Killer, you know. So, mm-hmm. which I saw, I saw them on tour for that very first album when all that controversy was going on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Man, the tour you wouldn't yeah, believe I remember it, when it happened. 
Yeah, remember Warren, Warren, Warner Brothers, man, was getting all kinds of flack. You know, cops were boycotting Warner Brothers and picketing them. And, uh, man, the tour was awesome. They were on DRI's Thrash Zone tour alongside Propane and Exodus. Um, th those four together, man, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a pretty rowdy time with uh, DRI, DRI and Exodus. Yep, it sure. was, man. Yeah, it was great, dude. Well, since I stole Grand Megas, Micah, you got any? Uh, you got any more? Yeah, and I'm gonna go with one that's that's probably kind of questionable to a lot of people, okay. but uh, a band that we've spoken about before that uh, is pretty big, but that doesn't really get the credibility that that we think they deserve as one of the top thrash bands of all time. And that ah, is, I know you're that, going with this. That is testament. <laughs> you motherfucker. I, I Did you? Okay. You still want to mine. I'll steal one of yours then. That's fine. I have, I have a reason. <laughs> yeah. Mine's a little different reason though. My, my criteria picking them, but go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna, I'm just gonna drive home the point, man, that, that, uh, that band just, they, they don't get the, the festival slots that they should, they don't get the big U S tours that they should. And just, I, I think they should be packing out, you know, 5,000 people venues left and right. But, uh, I know there's a lot of rabid fans that really love that band, but to me, they're just not as big as they should be. Go ahead, Patrick. I was just going to say that there's been, you know, that a lot of people claim that Testament's got as much validity as one of the big four acts, you know, as a couple of the others that are in there. And and to me, I get, you know, they pretty much do, man. Just, you know, just a great I band, agree. Man. Yeah, so my reason, my reason for picking them was the fact that their festival billings are always, it seems like always, early afternoon in the U.S., I've never understood like either that or opening like the Slayer tour a couple of years ago when they were doing the outdoor amphitheaters. Mm. Like, are you telling me that a Testament that doesn't have a building over Behemoth? You know, like that should have <laughs> been that should have been reversed. Like a no brainer to me in the U.S. anyway. Yeah, those but, guys um, deserve way more than a thirty minute set. Yeah, I just never understood why they're always like relegated so low on like festivals, especially in the U.S. and like. I've told Mike this before, like, dude, if you just took like, if you just took talent in bands and like ranked them, like having Alex Skolnick and Gene Hoagland, who are probably like generational talents in the same band, like that automatically should like get you very high up on billing on any U.S. festival, especially. I think over in Europe, they do a little bit better. They're usually like the late afternoon, early evening bands and like hell, like, um, Valken and like uh, Hellfest and you know stuff like that, but in the U.S. in the U.S. they're just like a token metal name. I feel like they're just like yeah, we got Testament on there for all you thrash metal fans. While you wait for Papa Roach to you know, rock your socks off or whatever, <laughs> uh, fuck, yeah, really. you know shit like that, it drives me insane and no fucking end. But yeah, so. Testament's the go-to band when you need some ass-kicking thrash. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, for at least 25 minutes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, shit. So that's, that's my issue, not with the band, but with their with their status in the U.S. You know? mm, I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah. There's no justice when it comes to metal in the U.S. anyway, man. Very rarely do you see a lineup you really agree with as far as the pecking order goes. Like, very, very rarely, you know. You're right. I would say the best one is probably, as far as major festivals go, is probably the. Uh, it's one out in the Midwest somewhere. Oh, Full oh. Metal Assault or Metal full Massacre terror. or something like full, that. Full Terror Assault or Full Assault Terror yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yes, Full Terror Assault. That. Yeah, that uh, that festival seems to have their lineup pretty much in check on where a band should be. And I'm not saying every band on it is great, but when you look at it, it's like okay, that makes sense, you know. Mm. Yeah, they get a good lineup together too, man. It seems like every year they've got, you know, some impressive bands on there, man. Yeah, actually a band me and Micah know a couple guys in uh Summoner Circle. They played it uh last year or the year before. Nice. I've seen it them. It seemed to be pretty cool. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's some Knoxville. There's a lot of them out there. <laughs> I saw yep. them with a soul fly and soil work in Knoxville probably about six, five or six years ago, I guess. Okay. Yeah, they probably had a few different lineup changes since then. They seem to seem to go through them pretty regularly, but you know, that's their business, not mine. So it happens. Oh, did you go last, Patrick? What's your last one? Okay, this, you know, it's hard to net, just that's keep. Nice. You know, when there's always like a numerical order, it's just hard to, for me to always stay within, say, you know, ten bands, five bands, whatever it may be. So through much soul searching and internal struggle and mental conflict <laughs> i'm going to go with my last underrated band as being this band they've all, they've released three albums their newest one is out right now uh and just for great like 70s arena rock types content stuff this would be connecticut's lord fowl and Man, I think TP Records is Small Stone or TP is uh, one of the others who they released through. Their newest album, Glorious Babylon, is out right now. But their second album is the one they really blew up on. You all might remember reading press about it or maybe even heard it, Mirror Queen. And uh, man, they're just a phenomenal band, dude. They're just, they got great production, just great songs that are like i said about like 70s classic rock there's no 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 pretentiousness no overblown bs to it or anything man just great killer rock man lord foul and that to me they are highly underrated because no one hardly knows shit about them <laughs> yeah so I, that includes me because i don't think i ever heard of them <laughs> so i'll write that down right underneath fall here yeah, yeah Thaw, Lord Fowl. Yeah. Lord Fowl. <laughs> Moonbow. Yeah, yeah, Moonbow. Yeah, Moonbow. That's another down. one I've never heard of. Hell yeah. All right, so I had a, I had a couple backups just in case my, one of one or two of mine got uh, stolen. So I'm going to go with a pretty obvious one here uh, is Overkill. <laughs> I think Patrick will agree that they're Woo! probably the most underrated thrash band. That's right. Going today. Uh, what is it like? 19 albums and they're still barely packing out thousand seaters yeah for whatever no reason justice. no justice man no justice yeah no justice man no justice no justice for the green and black that's for sure damn right the new jersey I, mean, I don't really know what you can say about this band other than like they're they're fucking consistent and the sh they don't really have a bad song there might be some songs i don't really care about as much as others but um yeah, I think I honestly think the vocals are probably the main reason why they're not a bigger act. But I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot worse that I didn't really like. That sounded like nails on a chalkboard to me. And I don't <laughs> mind. I don't really like Blitz's early vocals that much, like on like Horoscope and <laughs> WFO, and I hear Black. But man, like the last six. After like he like you know really like scarred up his uh, throat by smoking cigarettes, I mean yeah. I think his voice is like fucking where it needed to be. Like, <laughs> and I think I think since the Iron ba Ironbound album, uh, every album has pretty much been a home run for me. So yeah, you're sitting there talking about those vocals. The first thing went through my mom. You said it says what? You're shitting me. <laughs> Remember from Elimination? <laughs> yeah, he has, a pretty, he has a weird uh, vocal delivery. It's a weird vocal delivery on some of that early stuff. It's like, what the fuck was he thinking on that one? Yeah, it's I, history. It is what it is. And you're right on track, though, man. To me, you know, God bless him. You know, Blitz is Blitz, and he's badass. Overkill's badass and all that. But, yeah, I mean, look how far they've come with him as their vocalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I mean, but, if anyone wants to like go toe for toe, like who's the toughest fucking metal musician is, Blitz is probably in the top three because he had a fucking stroke on stage and finished yeah. the show. Hell yeah, you Damn. know, so I mean, it doesn't get much more dedication than that. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll tell you what. So, and of course, yeah, you know, I'm going I, go ahead, Jason. I get too excited. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, missing, of course, I'm missing half a passion, passion subject for you. Oh, yeah. You know it, man. Do what now? Uh, 
I said I'm missing half of a front tooth because of an overkill show, you know, the on the horoscope tour. And man, talk, you're, just like you're saying about Blitz, dude, I don't get very many like evil vibes from musicians and stuff. But uh, in the pit for the horoscope tour in Maryland, man, Blitz was just like, I don't know, like evil personified, man. There was just so much sinister shit coming off this dude on stage that time, man. He was just... It's just, you know, just crazy shit, man. And they that's when, you know, Horoscope was at on top of their game musically, man, just a great album and stuff. And, of course, the two hits of LSD I took before I got in that pit might have had a little bit to do with it. But it was just, you know, just a freaking <laughs> awesome, awesome show, man. It was my first time seeing Overkill. And, of course, yeah, you know I'd get all excited about talking about Overkill. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, you've had the pleasure of interviewing Blitz, even though it'll never be seen because of your yes, former yeah. employer or whatever, whatever the term is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Be the right one, whatever they but, were to you. Yeah. Your outlet, former <laughs> yeah. outlet. That's that. right. Where I cut my, where I cut my teeth. Yeah, so to speak. But you're right. Yes. I get, at least I got a picture with Blitz. So a picture with Blitz on the bus. So hey. <laughs> made it all worthwhile. <laughs> so yeah if anybody can't really get into them because of the vocals go back and watch the live dvd they put out a couple years ago because they play a lot of the old they play all old songs with the modern vocals and i think it sounds way better than the original recordings as a matter of fact when i listen to those old albums i just listen to that live album now because i think it's superior in every way is that the uh wreck, wrecking your neck Live is, yeah. Because I've not seen the German it's stuff. In Germany. Let me look it yeah. up. Yeah, it's you're yeah, talking about it's the like two albums. Oberhausen or something. Yep. You know, I've never seen that man, and that's yeah. where they did the two night stand of playing two old albums in their entirety, I believe. Yes, yeah, live in Oberhausen. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I've never seen that yet, man. Uh, it's good, man. I like it. Uh, they actually have a major fuck up. I can't believe they left in there, where uh, apparently Blitz uses some uh, backing tracks, and he forgets the words, and they catch him, and he just stops singing, and they just keep playing with the track going. And it's kind of, <laughs> oh, it's no. kind of hard to watch and let you down, Aww. but at the same time, it's professionally honest. So yeah, it was like kind of like, oh, I don't know if I would have left that in there or not, but. I yeah, wouldn't did. have. I mean, yeah, I would have. Honest as you get. Man, yeah, it's hard to believe, yeah. man. It was weird. When I was watching. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> damn." So, yeah, it was a. Uh, they did say that they haven't played that song in like thirty years, so it's possible they just had backing tracks because yeah. of the vocals. He can't remember the vocals or whatever, but it's like you're saying, you know, know. His, it you is know, what it is. Yeah, like you're saying, you know, th that's a lot of time. You know, I'm sure Blitz's balls have dropped in the last 30 years and his vocals have changed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay, guys, well, that's uh, at least six for now. We, like I said, if you want to just do a whole year of these, we'll just keep on going. <laughs> that's not a problem, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently not. So, so yeah. Um, so if anybody's never heard any of these bands, including two of the hosts, uh, yeah, just, uh, Put them on your preferred uh, playing streaming list or YouTube or buy the CDs or records or whatever. And just, uh, yeah, check them all out if you never heard of them. I'm sure you've heard of some of them, like Testament. But you might not have ever heard of Thal, like me or Micah. So, um, Well, there was good ones in there, favor man. And don't skip out on music you never heard of. Listen to yeah. all you can. True. Because you just exactly. never know. True, man. Y'all had, like I said, Zvolk. I didn't see Zvolk coming. Of course, Grand Magus. That's great. Freaking Power Trip. We got a lot of good stuff in there tonight, man. Oh, yeah. You know, if we did this list next week, dude, three of these bands might be different. It's just like, you know, what you come up with at the, at the moment. So that's mm -hmm. who I had, and I just locked them in, you know. So, oh, yeah. yeah. But cool. Anybody got any uh, parting words? About anything? That's all I got other than uh, just uh, we would not steer you wrong. There you go. I would think I wouldn't, but my taste of music might not be everybody's. So if you don't mm. like it, don't be hating. 
we might steer you into a brick wall because we can be jackasses like that sometimes, but at least we won't steer you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. If we give you directions to the brick wall and you make it to the brick wall, we didn't steer you wrong. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Be like damn Siri, right, guys. man. Well, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, like a metal yeah, Siri. Siri. Lost more than we will, <laughs> exactly. She, that yeah. bitch will get you killed, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have Apple products, so they don't get, she doesn't get to do anything for me, but Google Maps will fuck me up a lot of times. <laughs> Needless to say. They ought to get us, man. <laughs> they all are. Fuck them. <laughs> Right. There's always map quests you can print out if you really need to. <laughs> yeah. And then there's those old paper maps, too. They're still around. How many shows do you think you went to in the map quest days where you had to print out your directions? <laughs> I'd say myself, I would say 40 or 50 at least. Yeah. I'm thinking, mm. I'm thinking myself probably like 15 to 20. I, I can remember having to print the directions off to like a new town you've never been to or a new venue you've never been to, you know? Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. like even calling the venue and being like, how, how do I get there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the old phone thing. Geez, that's that's pretty ancient, Man. too. Yeah. Does, that, does anybody remember uh, going to a physical Ticketmaster yes. um, store or like outlet and standing in line for tickets? Yes. <laughs> not not really standing in line, but I do remember going, yeah, certain places and and grabbing tickets. So at the end of at the end of all that, like the the physical like locations you can go to, the one I used to go to was in uh the, the Biltmore Square Mall, which is like uh, Outlet Mall now, but they had an Fye in there and it had a Ticketmaster um like booth in there. And that's where I would go to get my tickets. And, like, every time there was a big show, like, you know, Metallica or ACDC, whoever was going to see at the time, you'd have to get there. I'd have to get, like, four or five hours early because they wouldn't let you in too early. So you had to stand outside in line. And then you would have to, like, rush and stand in line in front of the uh, the big metal steel doors, the cage doors they had. So, so if you ran fast enough, you could actually gain a few spots in line. From waiting outside to going inside, it was a whole fucking thing. I had pretty much down to a science, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, now it's just like now you just sit in front of your computer and wait on ten o'clock to hit refresh. It's like all right, I'm in. <laughs> some ways it's a little bit. In some ways it's a lot more uh, less stressful. But you know what? Buying tickets for big shows is the most stressed out I fucking get because it drives me absolutely fucking crazy. Same here. When I can't get in to get in like queue to get my to get good seats, like it drives me nuts. So ticket buying it just fucking sucks altogether. Unless it's general admission, then it doesn't yeah. matter. We're we're but more about selling seated, tickets. Seated concerts, man, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I hate seated shows. I say we're all about selling the tickets, not buying them. <laughs> That's right. It, yeah. yeah, it depends what the band is, but I don't, there's not many bands. You're, you're damn it, your band. Your band, damn it, yours. <laughs> well, we're not even at the point where we sell fucking tickets, dude. We're just a door. So yeah. <laughs> but we're but we have high hopes. It's like I think I have like <laughs> Yes. I think I think we've played like four shows where we've had to have tickets. Three of those were the Orange Peel and one was at the Grey Eagle for Y and T. So all the other ones were Will Call and Door. So yeah. But we're shooting for the stars. <laughs> we got our yes. sights there you go I'll tell you what, I was going to throw this in real quick talking about maps and stuff I'm the jackass to this day on you know certain shows and stuff who still writes out directions handwritten directions on a piece of paper even though we got map quests and maps and GPS's and all this I'm the idiot that still on occasion does write handwritten directions to where I need to go <laughs> Hey man, you know what? Sometimes it's just easier to lift up a piece of paper while you're driving than fucking fumble around your fucking phone, dude. There you go. I'm telling man. you. Like, I know why phones cost so many damn wrecks. Like, you have to, if you let it sit for too long, it goes back to your home screen and you got to fumble through all that crap, whether you got like a screen lock on it or whatever. 
It's like, you gotta do all that while you're driving. If you just pick up a piece of paper and see like exit 30, take a left, it's way easier. You know, yeah. I'm just, in my opinion, I think that'd be way simpler than, you know, dealing with my phone. If I don't leave the text uh, speech on. It is, man. It's a it's yeah, a form of rebellion. It's a form of rebellion too. <laughs> yeah, rebelling against the <laughs> We rebel by writing on paper. Yeah. There's always the chance that you lose signal too. Oh yeah. True. Yeah, yeah true. Yep. Or you drop your phone, God forbid. Yeah. Hey that shit. Mm. So yeah. all right guys. Well we'll end it here for the first episode of the top six 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 underrated bands. I'm sure we'll do 666 more episodes. Yeah. So stay tuned for more of those. Or 665. <laughs> first one's down. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I do appreciate it. I know I kept you up past your bedtime, so I will let you go. And thanks, everyone, for dealing with the technical difficulties early in the episode when the sound quality obviously changed. I had a mic issue. I had to switch over. So in case you were wondering, that's what happened. So. Uh, yeah, so take care, everyone, and we'll see you on episode 15 for whatever topic comes up next. Thanks. See you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Alehorn Podcast. For more of this podcast and other podcasts in the Alehorn Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Alehorn. Subscriptions start at a dollar, and each tier gets you greater perks, such as exclusive Patreon-only podcasts, free song downloads, merch discounts, and more. Until next time, stay headless.